Welcome, listeners, to the Radical Life Support podcast series on the ABCs of the Attributes of God. We're so glad, again, that you're joining us today. As always, we start with our quote from A.W. Tozier, What comes into our minds when we think about God is the most important thing about us. Studying the attributes of God radically changed my view of God, and it changed how I lived my life and how I viewed my circumstances that come up in my life. It is our hope that this study will change how you view God too. Today, we're going to talk about the letter M, that God is merciful. In our study on this attribute of God, we're also going to touch on the grace of God. So let's define both. The easiest explanation I have ever heard was that grace is getting from God what we do not deserve, and mercy is not getting from God what we do deserve. Break it down a little further. Grace is getting from God what we do not deserve, or some call it unmerited favor from God. We are sinners before God, undeserving due to our rebellion and wicked behavior, yet God gives us protection, blessings, goodness, provision, and when you believe in his Son, he gives eternal life and happiness. Now, mercy is not getting from God what we do deserve. Here we are again as sinners, clearly deserving of penalties, justice, and the horrors of hell due to our evil and hard hearts towards God, yet God does not give us our just punishment for our sin. In both situations, to truly understand the meaning, we have to start with a correct acceptance of our position before God as unholy sinners. From there, we can clearly understand that how God treats us is not what we deserve, but just the opposite. We deserve death, but he gives us life, mercy, and grace. In both cases, we see the goodness and love of God. Tozier says that mercy and grace are actually one attribute, but expressed towards us in two different ways, identical yet seen as separate. He gives his goodness and love even though we are guilty of sin and have done absolutely nothing to earn or merit it. He looks on our condition and he decides to show love, favor, compassion, kindness, and pardon despite our ability to deserve it. It is an overflowing, immense, holy pity for our miserable condition and he has compassion for us. Let's remember that grace and mercy flow through all of God's divine nature and attributes. They are all interconnected. So God's mercy and grace are infinite, boundless, and eternal. There is no beginning and it will never cease to be. Forever his mercy stands. They are continuous, active, and inexhaustibly flowing with love and compassion. There will never be more mercy or less grace coming from God. God doesn't use up an attribute and have to recharge. There is always a sufficient supply for every single person in the world. Just as nothing can separate us from his love, nothing can change or extinguish the tender mercy and grace of God. His mercy and grace cannot be hidden because it is a part of his holy being. When we rightly understand this attribute of God, we see our unworthiness and God's overflowing mercy and grace, and that should bring us to a place of thankfulness for all he is and all he gives to us. Now let's reveal how God is merciful through the word, through creation, through Jesus, and in our hearts. How does God reveal himself as merciful through the word? 
Both the Old Testament and the New Testament proclaim the mercy of God, but the Old Testament has more than four times as much to say about it as the New Testament. It may seem like the Old Testament is more about the law and Swiss justice of God, but God's mercy is proclaimed all through the Old Testament. If there was only harsh law without mercy and grace, there would be no Abraham, who was called the friend of God. Abraham was as undeserving as all of us are. And how about David? He was equally undeserving, yet God called him a man after God's own heart. God will always be himself. His grace and mercy extend to man in the Old Testament days and extends to man today. Daniel 9.9 says, The Lord our God is merciful and forgiving, even though we have rebelled against him. Isaiah 63.9 says, In his mercy and love he redeemed them. He lifted them up and carried them all the days of old. Nehemiah 9.29-31 You warned them in order to turn them back to your law, but they became arrogant and disobeyed your commands. They sinned against your ordinances, of which you said, The person who obeys them will live by them. Stubbornly, they turned their backs on you, became stiff-necked, and refused to listen. For many years you were patient with them. By your spirit you warned them through your prophets, yet they paid no attention. So you gave them into the hands of the neighboring peoples. But in your great mercy you did not put an end to them or abandon them, for you are a gracious and merciful God. The Israelites had a cycle of being unfaithful. And when they lived life like they had forgotten God, God would exhibit some form of punishment, and then they would return to him. And this cycle was repeated frequently over and over. And if you and I are honest, we can be the same way with God. Psalm 78:38 says, Yet he was merciful. He forgave their iniquities and did not destroy them. Time after time he restrained his anger and did not stir up his full wrath. God's mercy doesn't mean he overlooks sin, but his mercy is revealed after we repent of our sin. He clearly states in his word all that we will receive from him if we would only return to him. Deuteronomy 4.30.31 says, Return to the Lord your God and obey him, for the Lord your God is a merciful God. He will not abandon or destroy you. Jeremiah 3.12 Return, faithless Israel, declares the Lord. I will frown on you no longer, for I am faithful, declares the Lord. I will not be angry forever, only acknowledge your guilt. You have rebelled against the Lord your God. You have scattered your favors to foreign gods under every spreading tree and have not obeyed me, declares the Lord. The Bible describes God's mercy as being tender. And that really struck a chord with me deep in my soul. It says, let thy tender mercy speedily meet us. Imagine describing God's mercy as being tender. He's very gentle with us. Compassion is also a word that often accompanies mercy. Compassion and graciousness are often used together too. When we know we have sinned, we are afraid to come to God because we expect harshness and rebuke. But the Bible states emphatically that the Lord longs to be gracious to you. Therefore, he will rise up to show you compassion. You need to know this about God, that he calls you with tender compassion. He has compassion because he sees you standing there in your sin, and he wants to shower you with mercy if you could only come to him. How does God reveal himself as merciful through creation? 
I believe that God's mercy and grace in the created world often goes unseen and is taken for granted. Most people would agree that the earth has a lot of problems and there is evil all around us. But imagine if God's presence was not in the earth. Earth itself would literally be hell. Hell is the absence of God's presence. God's presence is here on the earth. And so it is not as bad as it could be. God keeps it in check. Without God, it would be unbelievably and probably unbearably worse. It would literally be hell. So when we get a taste of God's presence on earth, it's there we find mercy, grace, goodness, kindness, and all of God's other attributes too. To receive mercy, we must first know that God is merciful. And you might not know about his mercy and grace if he didn't put you in a position or in a particular circumstances where he can extend it to you. And it is in these situations that we find his mercy in God's created world. Have you ever come so close to something in your life that's just about to fall apart and God comes in and intervenes? Or maybe you don't even recognize that God is intervening and it's actually God's presence in the situation. So the few examples that I thought of as seeing mercy in creation were some examples that I have in my own life. For one, have you ever made a mistake at work and you think it might be bad enough to get you fired, but your boss extends you mercy and favor and forgiveness and you actually keep your job? That happened to me. I was shocked. How many times have you had distracted driving with your cell phone? Come on, be honest. And you just miss getting into an accident. I think God's presence might be there in those situations too, don't you? But we don't acknowledge it. Have you ever done something wrong, like as a kid, and you were afraid for your parents to find out about it, and when they do, you're expecting the maximum punishment, grounded for three weeks. But your parents, for some reason, only give you a lenient punishment. God is like that too in his mercy. Now, God doesn't always get you out of every tough spot. He is not a genie in a bottle. He will do what's best for you. You still might have to suffer the consequences of your actions, but it might not be as bad as you thought it would be. There is mercy in those type of situations. Think of Joseph. In his worst case scenario, he was sold into slavery by his brothers and living in Potiphar's house. But while he was living in Potiphar's home, he became the most trusted slave. That is God's mercy and grace. And then, after being accused of attempted rape and being put in jail, the jailkeeper had favor on him, and he became the most trusted prisoner. Just because evil has placed you in a bad circumstance, that does not mean that God's mercy and grace is absent. And I always think of his brothers, who so did not deserve to be given mercy, but Joseph extended it in tears to them. These are the type of things in this world where God's mercy and grace are found. You are not going to find it apart from God. Luke one fifty says, His mercy extends to those who fear him from generation to generation. So with believers and followers of Jesus Christ, we should know best and recognize God's mercy and grace in the world. We know the Bible says none are righteous and we all have sinned and fallen short. It is we who should know clearly that when we sin and feel the guilt of that sin, then God extends his tender mercies to us. We almost always see his mercy best when we are at our worst or are in misery and pain. He picks us up again and again when we fail, 
and when we fall, and he leads us into right living. God's mercy remains constant. It's not a temporary disposition. When you encounter God, he will be who he is, and he will be merciful to you always. It's an eternal attribute that will never cease. He will be just and fair. Make no mistake about that. He is God, and he can't be anything other than who he is. But we must believe that God's mercy is boundless, free, and through Jesus Christ our Lord, available to us now in our present situation. And each time you receive his mercy or grace, we should acknowledge it and not take it for granted and thank and praise him for it. Now, how does God reveal himself as merciful through Jesus Christ? Luke 1, 67, 79 is about Zechariah prophesying after his son John was born. He says, Praise be to the God of Israel because he has come to redeem his people. He has raised up a horn of salvation, that's Jesus Christ, from the house of David to show mercy, to remember his holy covenant, to rescue us from our enemies, and to enable us to serve him without fear and holiness and righteousness before him all our days. And you, my child, will go on before the Lord to prepare the way for him to give his people the knowledge of salvation through the forgiveness of their sins because of the tender mercy of God. Zechariah was saying that out of love and mercy, God sent his son Jesus to bring salvation to man. In Paul's teachings, when he talked about grace, he always associated God's grace with God's crucified son. The two are found together like one thought embracing both, inseparable. God's grace flows out to man through Jesus Christ, who was crucified, died, and then rose again from the dead. Grace and redemption came by Jesus Christ. When man encounters grace, it's always by Jesus. Jesus Christ is the final sacrificial lamb who was slain to cover the sins of every man who ever lived and ever will be born. Why did he have to die to show us grace? Somebody had to pay for our sin. God's mercy comes after the payment of sin has been completed. And Jesus Christ completed and paid for the sins of the whole world on the cross. He died in our place. And we have no idea how great our personal payment was, let alone the weight and enormity of Jesus bearing the burden of everyone's sins as he hung there on the cross and said, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. The Bible says where sin abounded, grace did much more abound. This is the ultimate act of mercy and grace by a good God through his son. Jesus paid such a high penalty for us that God says, no one can be saved other than by all that my son did for you. God says there is no other path to him except through his son. Today, because of Jesus, we live in grace. It is, as I mentioned before, often forgotten and taken for granted. People in the Old Testament used to get immediately zapped and often killed for their sins right away against God. We live in grace. When you don't get immediate consequences for your sins, remember it's because of Jesus you live in grace. Jesus told the lady who committed adultery and was completely deserving by the law of being stoned to death that he did not condemn her, but also told her to go and sin no more. He was unyielding of the sin and didn't condone it, but he rescued her from her deserving punishment and he showed her incredible undeserving mercy. 
And Jesus rescued us from our deserving punishment too. Finally, how does God reveal himself as merciful through our hearts? Here we are now, so undeserving, yet God in his good pleasure wants to bless us. It's just who he is in his divine nature. It's just because he's so merciful. It is incredible because he sees us just as we are. He wants to spare the guilty. He wants to welcome the outcast. He wants to free those in chains. He wants to heal the brokenhearted. He wants to lift the heads of the downcast, find the lost, and bring favor to the wretched. Remember this song? Amazing grace, how sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. I once was lost, but now I'm found. Was blind, but now I see. Despite all we are, he wants to make us sit with him in heavenly places to demonstrate to the ages the exceeding riches of his kindness to us in Jesus Christ. He wants us to dine with him. He's going to have us live in a mansion with him. We're going to get a new name, and he wants to clothe us in royal robes. Us, us sinners. And all we have to do is reach out and believe by faith. That's who this merciful God is. We benefit by who he is. We benefit because he's so merciful. So many benefits and blessings he longs to do for us. So how should we respond to this merciful God? Romans 12.1 says, In view of God's mercy, offer your bodies as living sacrifices, holy and pleasing to God. This is your spiritual act of worship. Matthew 5.7, Blessed are the merciful, for they will be shown mercy. Micah 6.8, What does the Lord require of you? To act justly and to love mercy and to walk humbly with your God. James 2.13, Judgment without mercy will be shown to anyone who has not been merciful. Mercy triumphs over judgment. Jude 22. Be merciful to those who doubt. Snatch others from the fire and save them. To others show mercy mixed with fear. Luke 6.36. Be merciful just as your Father is merciful. Our best response is to treat others as you would like to be treated and how God has treated you. He has treated you with mercy. You are to treat others with mercy as well. If you have never asked Jesus into your heart, you can do so now. Just thank our merciful and loving God for sending his son into the world to die for your sins. Thank Jesus for dying on the cross for you. Confess and repent of your sins. He died on the cross for them. Ask Jesus to be the Lord of your life. By faith, believe and decide today to live a life of love, thankfulness, and devotion to Jesus, and to follow all of his ways. He promises to give you eternal life for the future. He promises to give you the Holy Spirit to guide you. And he promises to give you an abundant life now, filled with peace, love, power, and a sound mind. Living a radical life for Jesus means believing that God is merciful. (laughs) 
We hope you enjoyed God is Merciful today. If you know of anyone who could benefit from hearing about God's mercy and his wonderful attributes, please share these podcasts with your family and friends. If you listen to us through Apple Podcast app, please write a review. This will create our ratings and help to bring in new listeners. We are also listed on Google Podcasts, Spotify, and Stitcher. Search for Radical Life Support and subscribe to our podcast. That way you won't miss a single episode. We love you, our listeners, and we pray for you. If you have a prayer request or a question about God and any of his attributes from our episodes, please email us at rickandrobinmoe at gmail.com. We would love to hear from you. Look for us also on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Phew, that's a lot, right? But we want to make it as easy and convenient as possible for you. Next time, we'll be talking about the letter N. I'll talk to you then.